You're listening to Opening the Tent, Stories of Jewish Belonging, an original podcast produced by the NYU Bronfman Center for Jewish Student Life. Our guest today is Laura Harris Herzgov, a senior in Tisch School of the Arts studying drama. Laura reflected on a few salient memories from childhood that shaped her early ideas of her own Jewish identity. Growing up, like, we always knew we were Jewish, my brother and I, because it's something that was really important to my family, and they would always tell us. <laughs> but I think the first time I realized that it was something different than how the people around me identified was when I was, like, six, my neighbor gave me this cross necklace, and she was like, oh, I don't need it anymore. You can have it. It was so pretty, and I showed it to my mom, and she said, oh, you have to get that back. You can't wear that. And I was like, what do you mean? It's a really pretty necklace. And she was like, well, okay, let me explain something to you. And she basically sat me down and explained how people have pieces of their identity that's exclusive to them and not to other people. Um, And so there were things outside of my identity that I couldn't touch or shouldn't touch at the time. Um, And pieces of my identity that other people couldn't touch um, and that was like the first time that I realized, A, that we were different than other people, and B, that identities could be exclusive, and that like there were things that you couldn't claim. I did really soon, when I was in elementary school, realize that my mom didn't look like any of the other moms. Um, I went to elementary school in Southern California, and so all the moms looked very similar like they all had blonde hair and blue eyes and my dad's side is Jewish and they all look like that but in where we're from my mom like really clearly stood out because she has like this beautiful black curly hair and rich olive skin and uh she's so beautiful but it was very clear to me and to my friends that she didn't look like other moms and I remember my friends who were in the middle being like your mom has this hair and like she looks so different than our moms which is so dumb because they don't look that different um but where I'm from it was really different there really weren't that many other Jews in our community we went to like Sunday school and we'd always go to services until it was time for me to start getting ready for my bat mitzvah and then my family pulled my brother and pulled me out because my dad didn't want us to have to put so much time to something that in his mind as kids we couldn't fully decide if we wanted and then in Costa Rica where I'm also from there's actually a huge Jewish community but that community is typically orthodox and my family's all orthodox so we were outside of that so we were not part of the Jewish community not part of the Catholic community which is the majority of the country so we were just kind of hanging out but the thing about being the only Jewish family is that Everyone really, really wants to come over during the holidays, and everyone really wants to eat your food and thinks that it's really cool. Typically, at least in my eyes as a young kid, everyone thought it was really cool. Laura grew up in America and Costa Rica and often felt like the only Jew in spaces where Christianity was the norm. So I went to school in California where my mom lives, and then I would hop back and forth between my mom and my dad, who has always lived in Costa Rica and is from Costa Rica. Um, So I was most of the time in California, but I'm a citizen of Costa Rica and definitely have lived there. In Costa Rica, if you're the child of someone who's Costa Rican, you're automatically a citizen. And 
no matter how much time you spend there or how well you speak Spanish or how well you know your way around, no one thinks of you as less Costa Rican. It's like very, very serious that if you're Costa Rican, you're Costa Rican and that's that. And I think that Judaism is the same way in that if you hold on to, if you have like one piece of Jewish identity and there's one way that you connect, like you're Jewish and that's that, if you want to recognize that and no one can deny that. And I think that being Costa Rican and now being in college and not being able to go back, I feel very protective of my Costa Rican identity. Um, it's something that people don't typically know about me unless I tell them and I'm very sensitive about it. And when I first came to New York, I was really nervous because I was actually coming to a place where there were a lot of Jewish people and people who were a lot more knowledgeable about Judaism than I was. Um, people who had been bat mitzvah, which now I've been, thank goodness, but um, just because I really wanted that for myself. But I was really, I didn't know how other Jewish people would feel about someone like me who was Jewish, but didn't have the knowledge that I felt I should have. And um, as soon as I got here, I realized no one cares. Like, no, no one, everyone immediately recognizes, recognized that I was Jewish because I was. And like I said, if there's one way you connect to it, that's that. And I have lots of ways I connect to it. And then in Costa Rica, I, th I mean, everyone knows that we're Jewish in Costa Rica just because we're not Catholic. And so it's not really about what we do do, it's about what we don't do. So like we don't go to Catholic events, we don't do typical Catholic things and people get really upset about it. Not in a mean way, but they're like, why aren't you doing this Catholic thing? And I'll say, we're Jewish. <laughs> and they'll say, yeah, but you're Costa Rican, so what? Some days I'm like, ooh, Judaism is my religion. And some days I'm like, Judaism is my culture. And some days I'm like, Judaism is my ethnicity. And some days it's all three. And some days I'm saying, how do I connect to Judaism today? Um, because that's constantly shifting too. And so I think I found a lot of comfort with never being in the same place and having peace with, having peace with allowing myself to have the awareness of how I shift everything. Thanks for listening. This episode was produced by the Beehive Story Collective. Follow Brofkin Center on Instagram for new episodes.